on SAFM. Prof Busak, in two minutes, please reply because we've had you now for an hour. You've spoken more probably on radio than you ever have because not only have you been a guest, but equally you have been an anchor. Tell us about the experience so far. For tonight, it's been amazing. I, I, I must say, you know, I didn't know how well this would go. I am a preacher, but not only that, I'm a black preacher. And we have no discipline. Once we are on that pulpit, we just think that we have all the time in the world and you can do as you think. But you have helped me tonight to listen differently and to hear differently and to respond differently. So, and I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying the questions that are coming in. So I might, I might retire and do this for a living. Well, you know exactly where to start. You know exactly where to start. You come back to us. We'll more than make space for you. A couple of questions then, just to recap, if you like, the first hour in terms of trying to get the listeners to be participants again before we get into the African narrative, which is a feature on Tuesday evenings at this time on the show. It's called the hashtag African narrative, a focus on things to do with Africa, the African agenda, the African narrative in the true sense. There has been a question in the light of the Chief Justice's comments, and I want you to tie your response to what you make of the Chief Justice's comments a couple of weeks ago to South Africa's position at a diplomatic level in relation to the state of Israel. We certainly do know the position, and I would imagine most certain South Africans know the position as it pertains to Palestine and the fact that President Mandela was very good friends with their late leader, especially the late Yasser Arafat. Incidentally, I've seen his shrine in um, in Palestine. I'm very fortunate to have gone there. But South Africa and Israel, in the context of our history, their history with Palestine, and our relationship with Palestine, as well as what recently the Chief Justice has said, your response? Well, let me say uh, a few things very quickly. Number one, uh, it is very clear that as for me, as apartheid and the anti-apartheid struggle became the moral, political litmus test for governments and politicians and people to decide individually where they stand, whether they stand on the right side of one of the most important issues in, uh, in our history. Uh, so for me today, the question of Palestinian justice, Palestinian freedom, the right to return, the right to the land, there has become that same question of moral, political integrity for governments and for individuals and for politicians and for people as a whole. So, so I am very proud that our government's view and policy on the question of Palestine and Israel is the way it is. I am not totally surprised by Justice Mukweng Mukweng's uh, words the other day, because even when he was interviewed by the Judicial Commission for this job under President Zuma, he said a number of things uh, that people got uh, upset about. He said uh, his views on the LGBTQI question, we now know, and people have forgiven him for that because he turned out to be better on that issue than most people had expected. But what he also said that day was that he believes 
in the inerrant literal reading of the Bible. So as it stands there, so if the Bible says, Romans 13 says, you must obey the government no matter what, because they have been appointed by God, he believes that. And my question was, if somebody who is in resistance to our government for some issue or another appears before this man, is he going to judge this person in terms of the right of this person to stand up and say this is wrong? and the right of free speech and the right of protest or is he going to fall back on his little reading of the Bible and says I'm going to find you guilty because God told me so and that is a difficulty because he chooses for Israel because he believes that what Israel says that God has given them the land that they now occupy illegally as their land now, the Bible doesn't say so, and we don't have time to go in tonight in all sure, of this. Sure, but sure. in the Bible, there is, in Joshua chapter 9, that story of almost a blitzkrieg. But in other parts of the Bible, that is disputed, as in the book of Judges, the first book, uh, the first chapter of the book of Judges, which says that Israel was still living peacefully amongst all these other nations, and so forth. But the other thing, of course, is... Finally, he places finally, finally. in his position, he places our government in a very, very difficult diplomatic position. I join those many people who have called for the Judicial Commission to look into this matter and for the judge to reconsider his position, not on Israel, in my view, but on the bench, because it is that important, it is that crucial, and we must now take a stand, and the judge must know that he cannot say Excellent. these things and take these stands in the face of what we are seeing today, the occupation, the illegal murder of people that Israel is engaging in every single day. That has to stop. We cannot have somebody in that position who tries to justify those actions. Thank you so much. Thank you so much then, uh, Professor Dr. Reverend Alan Busak. That was the first hour and 13 minutes then of the Tuesday takeover with our hashtag Pearls of Wisdom. Of course, the focus in this July month will be getting, I wouldn't say old people, but certainly senior persons in South Africa's history. And there will be a slant towards South Africa's political history, given the fact that July is for the most part Mandela month. And we focus not on Nelson Mandela himself, per se, but rather the legacy of the things for which he stood and the broader South African society has since embraced post certainly 1994 in the constitutional settlement. It's not as a promise going to be all rosy. We have to question certain things which have been accepted as truth, including asking hard questions to whoever may be uncomfortable having to even fact field them. That's the theme certainly for this the month of July as we engage South Africa, as we engage Madiba, as we engage our democracy, as we engage, among other things, as recently as this, the sticking issue of the position of the Chief Justice in society and the comments or not that he makes or doesn't make that may be political or not in relation to his position and the state. Let's now focus on hashtag the African narrative, changing street names and removing statues of colonial leaders. Really, the question has got to be, and we're going to focus on this after the break, what do we make of institutions of oppression or symbols of oppression. It's a conversation that is relevant in South Africa as it is across the Atlantic and across the equator in the United States. It is as relevant in Australia with a Aboriginal question in Australia across the Indian Ocean as it is in Europe where a lot of African artifacts, wealth, 
history is housed in museums for, for the most part, the entertainment of Europe, notwithstanding the fact that 50, 60, 70 years ago, Africa lost shackles, officially anyway, on colonialism. A conversation after the break then with advocate Mwirigi Kenwa, who is a Kenyan national. We met at Stellenbosch University whilst I was pursuing my master's degree and he his doctorate. He is a strong commentator on matters to do of the kind we'll be talking after the break. <laughs> 